Okay, Luke chapter 15. I'd invite you to open your Bibles to that. I'm going to read the whole chapter, and then we'll discuss it. Now the tax collectors and sinners were drawing near to him, and the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable. What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he has lost one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I found my sheep that was lost. Just so I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. Or what woman, having ten silver coins, if she loses one coin, does not light a lamp and sweep the house and seek diligently until she finds it? And when she has found it, she calls together her friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the coin that I had lost. Just so, I tell you, there is joy before the angels of God over one sinner who repents. And he said, There was a man who had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Give me the share of the property that is coming to me. And he divided his property between them. Not many days later, the younger son gathered all he had and took a journey into a far country. And there he squandered his property in reckless living. And when he had spent everything, a severe famine arose in that country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of those citizens of that country who sent him into his fields to feed pigs. And he was longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread, but I perish here with hunger? I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. And he rose and came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring quickly the best robe and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet, and bring the fatted calf and kill it, and let us eat and celebrate. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found, and they began to celebrate. Now his older son was in the field, and as he came and he drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing, and he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, Your brother has come, and your father has killed the fatted calf, because he has received him back safe and sound. But he was angry and refused to go in. His father came out and entreated him, but he answered his father, Look, these many years I have served you, and I never disobeyed your command. Yet you never gave me a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends. 
But when this son of yours came, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fatted calf for him. And he said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that is mine is yours. It is fitting to celebrate and be glad. For this your brother was dead and is alive, was lost and is found. Let's pray. Lord, we ask that you would help us to hear and understand and apply what you have for us this morning. Lord, we thank you for your word and the power of it and the way that your Holy Spirit uses it. Lord, we just pray that you would help us to be used in some way. In Jesus' name, amen. The Pharisees are there, and they're seeing Jesus interacting with sinners, and they wonder why. And Jesus, sensing that question in their minds, why are you doing this? He answers them with three parables. Now, right off the bat, you see here a difference between me and Jesus. If I'd have been there, I would have told them, Well, I go to them because when I talk to you and tell you that you need to repent, you look at me like I was crazy because you're righteous. When I tell them they need to repent, they understand. But he doesn't do it quite that direct. He gives them these three parables, and the parables are one. They answer the same question, why he is there with those sinners. The parable of the shepherd, or the lost sheep. The shepherd has 99 sheep, or 100 sheep actually, has 100 sheep. And one of them is missing. Now here's me thinking, why did Jesus use the number 99? I think it was to show the value of this lost sheep. If, there, if he'd have said there were, the shepherd had 10 sheep and one was gone, that would mean that he had lost 10% of his flock. Now, anybody would go after 10% of their business and try to find it. But 100 sheep and one's missing, that's only 1%. You can afford 1% loss of your business. But he valued this one lost sheep as much or as more than those 99. He was willing to leave the 99 to go find that one. I think that demonstrates the value of that one to the shepherd. So he leaves those 99 and he goes in search. Now we're not told anything about his search, but he eventually finds that sheep. I want you to think about this. What did the sheep do to be found? He didn't do anything. The only thing he did was get lost. The sheep did nothing to be found. The shepherd did it all. The shepherd found him. Not only did the shepherd find the sheep, he puts the sheep on his shoulders to carry it back to join the rest. Now again, there's a difference between me and that shepherd. I would have used that 
crook staff that I have to grab it by the neck and turn it in the right direction (laughs) and give it a whop to get it moving. But he picks it up and puts it on his shoulders. Not only is that different than me, that's a task. I looked it up. The sheep today here in America could weigh up to 200 pounds. Average is more like 150 to 180. Now, I don't know what a sheep in the Middle East in those days would weigh, but say it weighed only 100. That's still a load. You pick it up, carry it on your shoulders, who knows how far back to where the rest are. Not only did he did the shepherd find the sheep, he does all of the work to save the sheep. The sheep does nothing to save itself. So when he gets back, they rejoice over this one lost sheep. He invites his friends and neighbors in to rejoice. They have a party, a feast, because one lost sheep was found when he had a hundred. The lost coin. Now, to tell you the truth, uh, I'm more excited about the lost sheep than I am about the lost coin. And, uh, but I think that maybe those Pharisees that are listening to him, maybe they were excited about the lost coin because they were, they were interested in money and, uh, and, you know, status and money meant status. And so maybe the lost coin was a bigger story to them than the sheep. But the woman has 10 coins. And she loses one of them in the house. And so she lights the lights and she starts sweeping the floor. Now, I'm told and, uh, by archaeology that in those, during that period of time in the villages that they put down stones for the floor in those houses. Could have been a dirt floor, but possibly... A stone floor but <clears throat> they wouldn't have fitted nice together like our tile floors today there would have been some pretty good sized cracks and so she sweeps the floor to get it clean and probably swept out many of those cracks to get all the dust and dirt out so that she can peer into them and look and find that coin and she is successful in finding that coin the whole point of that is she labored to find the coin. Now again, what did the coin do to be found? Nothing. It just laid there. Probably hid in the deepest crack it could find. <laughs> but she found it. And again, there's much rejoicing over this coin that was lost. The lost sons. When I told Trevor about what I was going to talk to you about, he, he said, Oh, the lost sheep, the lost coin, the lost sons. And I said, No, I'm just going to talk about the one son. Well, I've changed my mind. We're going to talk about both sons. <laughs> so it's the lost sons. And so when we get the introduction there, the younger son. Basically, he says to the father, 
Dad, I wish you were dead so I could get my inheritance now. And strangely, the father says to him, Okay, you can have your inheritance. That's the way you feel. I think he did it reluctantly because of the way that we see him later, but he did it. And so the son takes the inheritance and he wastes it. And in that far country, he goes about as far down as a Jewish person in that day could because he's hired out to serve pigs, something that they're not supposed to have anything to do with. And he's sunk so low after he spent all his money and because of the famine that he wants to eat pig food. (laughs) I had some pigs and the food that I gave them wasn't the greatest. The, he's, he's down he's clear down he's way down and finally he comes to himself and he says those servants that my father has they have it a whole lot better than I have it today I'll go home and ask my dad for a job I want you to remember that that's what he says let me read it here I will say to him Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called a son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. He wants a job. He's not looking to be a son again. He's looking to just be a servant. He just wants to have something to eat. Even though he says, Hey, Dad, I've sinned, he's really not making a confession of repentance. He's just saying, yeah, I sinned. How about hiring me out as a servant? Well, as he's coming back to his dad, his father sees him. The title of the message today is God Seeks Those He Will Save. The shepherd sought the sheep, the woman sought the coin, and the father is seeking the son. He's standing there, maybe on a hillside, looking down the road, maybe at the front of his tent, looking down the road, but he's watching. He's been watching all this time for his son, wanting him to return. He's watching. He's seeking his son. His son comes, and he says, Dad, I've sinned. How about making me, well, he doesn't even get to say, how about making me a servant? His dad stops him and says, welcome home, son. Hey, you guys, bring out that ring. Bring out that special robe. Get busy and make a party. Kill that fatted calf. Invite the neighbors. We're going to have a party. Because my son is alive. He receives him as a son. He sought him and receives him as a son. All the son wanted was a job. But he got to be a son again. He got the the ring. He got the robe. He got the shoes of a son. He was welcomed as a son, not a servant. The father sought his son. Now the older son, he comes and he hears 
all of the noise and racket. And so he says to one of the servants, what's going on? And he's told that your brother is back and your dad's having a party welcoming home. And he's angry. And he refuses to go into the party. So the father seeks him as well. He goes out to him and says, hey, come in, come in. We've got to be happy. Your brother is back. And he has nothing to do with it. He won't, he doesn't want any of it. So here we see the father seeking not only the younger, but the older son as well. And the younger son complains. You've never given me anything so that I could have a party. And his answer is, well, you were always here. And the, the lesson there is, neither one of these sons knew or understood the father. The father was gracious and loving to the younger son and always granted him sonship. But the older son already had everything that the father had. He could have had a party any time he wanted to. All he had to do was say, hey, dad, I'm going to invite my friends over. How about me using that choice goat out there? Oh, yeah, sure, go ahead. He never asked. He did not know the father. Neither son knew the father. They did not know and understand who he was. Even though he sought them, they didn't understand or know the father. The father is willing to give everything he has. To his sons. Well, if you remember the title of the sermon, you remember the whole message. God seeks those he wants to save. God is seeking and always has sought those he wants to save. Just think about it. Right from the beginning, Adam and Eve sin, they're hiding out in the garden. What does God do? He comes seeking them. He sought them out. And he provided for them in their need by giving them clothing. He seeks Abraham and calls him out and tells him what he intends for him. He sends Moses into, back to Egypt seeking to call out Israel to make a nation for himself. And we've just finished a series on Jonah. God sent Jonah to seek out the Ninevites. They didn't talk about it when they did the series on Jonah. I think it's interesting that God used Jonah to do this. Why didn't he send a guy like Isaiah that wanted to go? Here am I, send me. No, they took Jonah who said... No, I'm not going. But he went anyway. And God sought those Ninevites. Well, he sought Jonah too. And God has sought you and me. And another plug for the Gideons. God is seeking people through what the Gideons are doing. Placing scriptures where they may be found or in the hands of a school child. He's seeking people now. God seeks those he wants to save. 
And we do nothing to be saved. He does it all. The shepherd did it all. The woman did it all. The father did it all. God does it all. He seeks us and he saves us. We did nothing.